Welcome to Being Honest with My Ex. My ex is Peter C. Haywood. My ex is SJ, better known as Honor Eastley. We were engaged for two years and, and then, then we, we broke, broke up. up and then we stopped talking to each other for a year and now we do a podcast together. Would you have a baby with me? If I can get you to cry next podcast, we'll have a hat trick. <laughs> you don't know this, but I have a very vivid image of what your penis looks like. What? <laughs> if I met you now, I do not think that I would go out with you. Oh my God. I think if I met you now, I'd, I'd fall more in love with you than I did the first time. This episode is part two of Arguing With My Ex. So if you haven't listened to part one, I suggest you go back and listen to it because we're going to launch straight into part two, which is... Peter and I unpacking the biggest fight that we've had since we broke up over uh, naked photos and possession of them. There's been quite a big response to the first episode. Some people didn't like it, some people did, and that's totally fine, of course. Before we launch into it, one thing that I really wanted to share was a really insightful comment that someone left on my Facebook page. So they said of the last episode, this was a really cool episode on an interesting subject. Thank you. For what it's worth, I offer my perspective. SJ's feelings are affected negatively by someone possessing naked images of herself while not in a romantic relationship with them. Peter does not experience negative emotions if someone possesses naked images of him while not in a romantic relationship with him. The differences in an emotional reaction to the same circumstance limits the empathy you can have for the other's perspective. Understanding why each of you feel the way you do would be interesting, but unless it brings you both into agreement, unlikely, it's not relevant. You each feel the way you do and both of your feelings are valid, but they also temper your expectations about the exchange of naked images. Thus, I think the following is relevant. SJ expects that a naked image sent to a romantic partner includes an implicit and ongoing requirement for consent from the sender. When consent is retracted, possession of the image is no longer morally acceptable in much the same way that having sex with someone is no longer morally acceptable if consent has been retracted. On the other hand, Peter expects that sending a naked image to a romantic partner is much like sending a gift, perhaps on par with naughty lingerie, which is that there is an implicit understanding that the item is private in nature, so not to be made publicly available, etc., but also that the sender relinquishes all rights to ownership. Ultimately, both of these perspectives seem reasonable, and I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here. It's a difference in expectations. If those expectations aren't communicated and happen to differ between the sender or recipient, then there may be a disagreement down the line. In closing, individuals should probably establish the lifetime of naked images closer to the time of their sending. This goes for both sides. Anyway, I just wanted to share that because I thought it was a really nice unpacking of this situation. And I'm just going to launch into the second part of this episode. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. This makes me want to go back to the really specific example. And I'm going to, again, start broad and narrow in. I think that doing a wrong action is comprised of two things. It's causing harm and having ill intent. If I walk up to you and punch you in the face, I have caused harm and I had the intent of violence. I think an act that is devoid of any harm caused and any ill intent it's hard to call that a morally wrong act. So the sequence of events was, I took photos of someone while they were wearing their clothes, with their full consent. There was no harm caused, and there was no ill intent. We broke up. They contacted me and said, Peter, delete those photos. I then deleted them. There was no ill intent. There was no harm caused. I then accidentally got those photos back. 
there was no ill intent, and because the other person didn't know about it, there was no harm caused. Now, the reason I deleted them when you got upset is because I told you about them, and that caused you to be upset. And so at that point, I'd broken out of that like pattern of not not having any ill intent or not, not causing harm. I'd caused harm in you in that you felt really uncomfortable. I'd caused harm in our listeners in that they felt really uncomfortable. And so at that point, I deleted the photos. And they're now gone forever. I deleted them and everything. But do you see, up until that point, there was no point where I did anything with ill intent. And there was no point where I caused harm. So short of the fact that I told you about it, at what point did I do something wrong? I'm really interested about this I like this thing of them coming back. Genuine accident. I've made sure that won't happen again. No, 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 no. I wasn't questioning you on that point. I mean, what was your, like, like why, we, why did you want to keep them? Because it harmed no one. And there was, there was no reason not to. And I enjoyed having them. I like looking at naked people. If you think, looking, if you think enjoying looking at naked people is, is harmful or, or an ill effect then that's one of those things where I'm like, I just don't agree with you. In the same way as I don't think this path leads people down to eternal torture, I don't think you're right about that. Uh, and that's obviously not what I'm arguing. <laughs> no, no, I know. I'm, I'm saying, like, if, if that was the argument, I would disagree. Yeah, I don't think anyone's arguing that point. I suppose for me, if I got... If I think about getting those photos back accidentally, I would be like, oh... These are not a thing that I should have. My, my argument is, I don't understand why you would think that. Because I've just laid out the chain of events and at no point was there ill intent or harm caused. So I understand that like you would be like, oh, society doesn't want me to have these. I shouldn't have them. I'm saying that's not how I think and I don't want to think like that. For me, shouldn't isn't this abstract thing of like, I should or shouldn't do this based on abstractness. It's, did I cause harm? Did I have ill intent? I think that it, I mean, for me, I just can't, that thing of keeping them when you know that the person doesn't want you to have them and you know like that I can't say that that's not ill intent no no okay so the person doesn't want to ever think about me having them and because I deleted them when they said they never have to think about that again it doesn't affect anyone in the world at all until I start talking about it and that was like I'm a pathological truth teller so that's a whole other argument my point is if I never plan to tell anyone what is the what is the what is the wrongdoing in holding onto those photos no one else ever knows about it, ever. It never affects anyone's life at all in the slightest. Oh, man, this reminds me of um, an article you sent me about that guy who he bought a motel. Oh, that's fascinating, yeah. He bought a motel and then he kind of like made some changes to the each room so that he could go, go into the roof and then peer into everyone's room with the sole purpose of he wanted to watch them have sex. And he, but he did this over decades. And to his See, mind... that for me has, has ill intent. He knew that it was wrong to do that. Don't you also know that it's wrong to have photos without someone's consent? But why is that wrong? Because they're personal and makes them vulnerable. How does me having a photo that they don't know about make them vulnerable? Yeah, I think it allows access to part of them that they have explicitly denied access to. That's what I think it is. They've explicitly said, I don't want you to access this part of my vulnerability, this part of my nakedness. Right, and then you say to them, okay, and then you delete it, and then it comes back. 
I understand that you're making this point that they'll never know, so where's the harm done? But I still think that you're explicitly going against their wishes in this way that I don't think that you can argue isn't ill intent. I think that if someone says like, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of like a Peter worthy hypothetical. Okay. Say I live in a house. You do. This is an easy hypothetical. Yep. I live in a house and fuck. There's, there's like a shed at the back and you used to live in the shed. This is a really good hypothetical because it's so far, this is completely true. <laughs> and we break up and then you can't have access to the shed, but you know that I don't go out there. Yep. But then you accidentally fall into it. I don't know. This is not a good, this is not a good, <laughs> <laughs> I can't do your, your logic. I think what it comes down to is I struggle with the idea of inaction as morally reprehensible. Wait on, at what? Inaction is being morally reprehensible. Like, what about that whole thing of, like, the the man who... The, what's that quote? The man who... All, all it takes for evil to flourish is good men to stand by and do nothing? Yes. If you're going logical, there's heaps of situations where doing nothing is morally reprehensible. I think it's hard to argue unknowingly doing nothing as morally reprehensible. But then, yeah, so what about if there's a situation where... Um, I'm so excited for this shed hypothetical. I wish it had panned out. Sorry. Say um, my mum is dying. Your mum is dying. <laughs> no, this is too personal. Say um, my grandma is dying, which I could do because my, my grandma is not alive anymore. And oh, fuck, I just can't do these. I want to say stupid hypotheticals. but My, my point wasn't actually to, to conclude this argument. Like I said, I deleted the photos. One thing that I'm worried people will think is that based on my moral arguments so far, I will have just said I deleted them and not actually deleted them. I can't do that. Like, I said that I'm a pathological truth teller. That's really, really true. Plus, I would consider that to be action of ill intent, to lie about doing it and then not doing it. That, for me, is a wrong act. I'm not going to do that. If I hadn't deleted them, I would be talking about it right now because I... Just tell the truth about everything. I did delete them. I know. But that brings in that other element of you're saying, like, it's not a problem until you tell someone. I mean, to me, I just, if I'm not telling someone something because it will cha change the thing, that is a bad sign. I think if I had, like, I'm not in contact with this person at all. I think when the photos came back, if I texted them and been like, hey, got your photos back, but I deleted them again, that would be a bad thing to do that would be cruel yeah i mean i don't know why you would tell them that well you just said that not telling someone is no i mean as in like you telling me i tell you everything <laughs> yeah i know i'm just saying like i tell everyone everything as well i think so to me the idea of something being okay because i don't tell anyone being okay because it doesn't affect anyone i think a part of it is also i disagree with this idea that i should delete them and so that's part of why I was okay with it. Because I still don't, even at the end of today's conversation, I still don't get why I am obligated to delete this particular kind of photo. Uh, actually, I want to very briefly touch on some other arguments we got. One person wrote in saying uh, that they've given you consent. They've given you access to their body. And when they remove their consent, you should no longer have access to their body. And I, I think that's fundamentally flawed because that's not how any of those words typically work. I, I feel like they've been really stretched for this particular situation because consent is hugely important. Like that is such a big deal. 
If someone gives you consent, then they have the right to take it away at any point. Sure. If someone does a nude magazine shoot, they can't email the publisher and be like, actually, I take back my consent. Yeah, but is... We accept is, that that's ridiculous. Yeah, but isn't... But that's a really different situation. Uh, I don't want to go into it, but I don't understand why that's such a different situation. Because it's meant for public consumption and you go in with the knowledge of, ha- like, some, some idea of, of how it's going to be used. That's why I was talking about, I feel like there's this unsaid thing of, like, I trust you to use these pictures. While we're together. And then as soon as I change my mind about it, delete them. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I feel like it's I, a temporary... I, I don't believe in that as an unsaid contract. You can argue any kind of unsaid contract and be like, yeah, I think that's just what You're unsaid. asking me, why do people think this? I'm saying that's why I think it is. Right. I, I, I understand that's why people think this. I think they're wrong. I don't think that's a, a very convincing argument. You're so weird. And I'm actually getting annoyed at you again. <laughs> I... I'm sorry. What was the other one we got? We got another email that I just wanted to briefly touch on before we wrap up. In demanding super logic for everything, you seem to be negating people's emotions, which is a dick thing to do. It's like you don't have empathy for other people being uncomfortable, or you really begrudgingly give in, but still secretly think you're right for being ultra logical. It's like you're dismissing the emotions of people you cared about at some stage, which makes it seem like that stuff isn't important to you. And, I mean, they're not wrong. Like, I really strongly believe that if you can't argue morality through logic then you're wrong (laughs) i think if you can't work out a logical reason for having the moral viewpoints that you do that's a problem or or more more i think if you can't give me a logical reason for having a particular moral standpoint i'm not going to have that moral standpoint and i don't think that there's anything wrong with that because the thing is i don't dismiss people's emotions if you come up to me and say peter it makes me feel really uncomfortable when you call me sj i want you to call me honor I'm going to do one of two things. I'm either going to go, okay, I understand it makes you feel uncomfortable. I'm going to stop calling you SJ or I'm going to stop hanging out with you because I don't like those kind of demands and I don't think you're being reasonable. How people emotionally react to things that I do is very important because I want to make people feel good. If you present me with emotions, I will either do the thing that you say or be like, ah, look, I don't agree with your emotions here. So we're obviously not going to get along. I wonder how many people are going to give you naked photos of themselves now. I don't know why they wouldn't. People continue to do so. It's very nice. I'm very appreciative of naked photos. I really enjoy them. I love naked people. You seem very upset. I just, I don't like, I, yeah, I really don't like, I don't like having these conversations with you. Why? I find them really frustrating and... I, th- I was hoping that this podcast would help elucidate my stance and help understand why I, I approach things the way I do. I get it, but I still find it frustrating. Like, I do find it, like, like it really lacks this, like, sensitivity and humanity and understanding for other people's worldviews. I don't think it does those things. I mean, that thing of, like, you demanding super logic for everything, I feel like... No, no, no. I demand super logic if you want to change my moral stance on something. If you want me to change my behavior, just tell me to change my behavior. Sure. Like I said, if you say, Peter, it makes me feel uncomfortable that you edit my ums and ahs out, I'll put them back in. What are you talking about? I never um and ah. Like, I am totally fine with people who have different worldviews. It's when they say, hey, Peter, here's my worldview. Change your behavior, change your attitude, and change your morals based on my worldview. Do you see why I find that a problem? Yeah. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, I'm expressing my worldview, and you're saying, oh, I don't like that. 
I'm not saying you should live like this. I'm saying this is how I live and it's the best way that I know how to live. And that's why it's so good when I can find someone else who has this exact kind of attitude and we can just get into stuff and break it down and be like, oh, okay, so you think that things are bad for this reason and I think they're good for this reason. I totally see where you're coming from. This comes down to a difference in, uh, you know, you think that people should be happy. I think people should be productive. Wait, and is that an actual example? Yeah, I had a friend once who, when it came down to it, the question was, you have to press a button and kill one of two people. Do you kill the guy who sits around all day shooting up heroin and is so blissfully happy? Oh, I've heard this one before. Or do you kill the guy who works in a factory all day creating stuff, but he hates his life? And you you kill the person who's happy? Yeah, and my friend would kill the person in the factory. And that's fine. That doesn't bother me. I just disagree. On a fundamental level, I disagree. And so we were able to trace most of our disagreements back down to that point. Huh. What do you think most of our disagreements are about? Uh, that's, that's a topic for another time. Huh. Do you want to say anything to wrap up? I just feel like we're going to get a lot more emails. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Uh, Everyone loves you. You get all the nice emails. Yeah, but I, like, I, yeah, I really don't enjoy having these conversations either. Because these are the kinds of conversations that we used to have when we were going out and I would get frustrated as well. Why do you get frustrated? I feel like kind of overpowered and dismissed in a way that like just is really unenjoyable. You know, that's not my intent. Yeah. I just, I just want to be understood. I know that that's not your intent. Yeah. I know that that's not your intent. I suppose this is why, you know, I don't generally like having conversations like this with you. I think it may be, and this is such a classic argument. It's like, it's not what you're saying. It's how you're saying it. You know, like you, does, does that make sense? Like that's such a comment. That's such a common critique of when you don't agree with what someone is saying. But I mean, I think we've always had that about, we just have a really different way of presenting our arguments. Yeah. Here's the other thing. I am so fine with being wrong. I'm wrong all the time. Like, I, I admit that I'm wrong all the time and I am proven wrong all the time and I'm totally fine with being corrected and I change my mind on a lot of things. And even throughout this podcast, like, you've heard me change my mind on a lot of stuff. You've been very convincing on a huge number of things and I've been like, oh, yeah, you're totally right about that. I was totally wrong. Wait, um, like, what did I convince you on? Uh, second episode, I think you, you convinced me that I should say sex worker instead of prostitute. Oh, I thought you meant this episode. Yeah, okay. No, 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 but like throughout the course of this podcast, I've very distinctly been proven wrong with things. Okay, here's my final question. What would you like me to do differently? And I'm not saying I will or won't. I'm just like, what What would you like to change? What would, What's the behavior that you would like to see me doing instead of this behavior that frustrates you? Delete the photos. <laughs> I did. That's I deleted joke. the photos <laughs> like two minutes into the argument. No, that's, uh, I'd say it's like 15 minutes into the argument, but that's a joke because it's not about the photos, you know? <laughs> the photos are deleted. I suppose maybe part of it is that, as you said, after we had that conversation, you can stop thinking about it for six days. So you have a lot of thoughts. Whereas I wasn't really prepared for this conversation. That's not, I don't, I don't know. So the question is, what change would you like to see in my behavior? Like if, if you could write the ideal way that Peter behaves, what would you change? Would you just agree with everything that I say? I ask because I'm like, I don't know what it could be other than that. 
No, I like no. Gen- I know. Gen- I know that's not what you think. Genuinely, though, when you get into these things where you've thought about stuff a lot, you can, like, yeah. I suppose it's that thing before when I was like, um, you're kind of talking a lot and really fast and quite loud at me. <laughs> yeah, I suppose your curiosity can sometimes come across as aggression in this weird way, but that's because my curiosity is different. Like, you're like, no, I'm trying to understand why, because you're frustrated. Whereas I'm like, huh, why is it like that? So it's it's not my actual uh, thinking process that bothers you. It's the approach with which I take it. Yeah, but as I said, that's such a, like, that's such a cop-out. I also just, like, the, your thinking process is just so obtuse to me. I know for you it's, like, super logic, and for me it's like that doesn't make sense. Because earlier on you said that, I don't respect other worldviews. That would suggest a change in the way that I think rather than the way I present. But aren't they both related? I think you could have the exact same thought processes that I have and present them totally differently. Yeah. And then you go into, like, what does respecting someone else's worldview mean? Like, what does that mean? Because to some people, respecting other people's worldview is, like, being like, oh, you don't like those photos? Okay, they're gone. You know, like, to some people, that's what respect means. To some people... Respecting means not talking about it at all. To some people, respecting means I will have the conversation with you, you know? Just to be clear, the moment someone tells me to delete a naked photo, I delete that naked photo. That happens straight away. Yeah. I don't understand why I should, but I understand that I've hurt someone and I don't want to do that. Sure. Similarly, if you said, Peter, delete that photo of me in a red hat, I would delete that photo because I don't want you to feel bad and I have the power to make you feel better by doing that, then sure, of course I will. If you tell me to stop being an atheist, I will not mention or bring up or do atheistic things in your presence. I will continue to do them publicly, and it's on you to unfollow me on social media or stop hanging out with me, because I don't think that's a reasonable request. But if you're like, Peter, would you stop eating with your mouth open? I will stop eating with my mouth open in your presence. If you say, Peter, stop always going on about feminism, I will stop going on about feminism in your presence. I really want to be a better person. Well, that's easy because better person is just incredibly objective. There's no subjectivity <laughs> to that at all. Uh, so that's that's very simple. That's easy. You just do what I say. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? I think about 75% of the way through, I kind of like, I feel like I do, <laughs> I do this a bit, just like tapped out. When you start reading other people's emails and like, arguing about them kind of with yourself I was like oh god I'm done I cannot speak about consent and how this is an issue of consent and how you're like it's not an issue of consent and yeah why not I find these conversations very taxing so there's a limit to how much I can do them I did not mean to tax you I'm sorry stop taxing me I'm a low-income earner (laughs) what do you do throw my tea in the harbor you would never do it sure I would I am sorry that I'm not better at having these conversations. I wish that I was. But I'm, yeah, I'm not like a lot, I'm not like a logical person. Well, I am a logical person, but just not in the same way that you are. I spent many years feeling really bad about the way that I had these arguments because they left so many people frustrated. And then as I met more people, I was like, oh, there are people who think like me. And it took me a long time to realize that there wasn't something wrong with me. Oh, you think that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck you. <laughs> My 
my point is, I, I appreciate the apology. You don't need to apologize. Like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. You're a beautiful, amazing, intelligent person who is really compassionate and empathetic and thinks about stuff as much as I do and has opinions that are as valid as my opinions and has looked at the world and been like, this is how I'm going to live my life. There is literally nothing wrong with any of that. It's just you and I approach this stuff differently. And I think awareness is a huge part of that. Like in the same way as when I was like, there's actually nothing wrong with me. I was able to explore the way that I thought about stuff and hopefully explain it. That That's all I wanted to do with this video. I just wanted to explain it. I suppose to me, it's like, I find it difficult because I think in such a different way. So when I like have to put on your brain, it's, it's like painful. <laughs> I find it painful. It's the exact same thing for me. Like that's, that's the thing. When you're like, stop doing these hypotheticals, I can't. That's painful to me. Like these hypotheticals are the way I process information and particularly morality. And this is going to sound dumb. I think morality is really important. <laughs> My quest is to be the best me that I can be, and a big chunk of that is working out what it is to be a good person. Like you said, it's totally subjective. Everyone's going to have their own definition. And that's why I came up with that, that two-part system, which is, is it causing harm, and do I have ill intent? And the only way I can break this stuff down, the only way I can process this and come to these moral conclusions is with hypotheticals that you and most people find ridiculous and frustrating and totally off-topic. But in order for me to understand why a thing is good or bad, I need to break it down like that. I am also, I don't want to say I'm sorry that I think like this. I'm sorry that it's frustrating for you. And that sounds like one of those fucking half-assed apologies of like, oh, I'm sorry you feel like oh, that. Oh, I'm sorry that you that you got upset. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, I'm, I'm sorry that it is such a struggle for us to communicate about this really important stuff because... Life would be easier if we had the exact same brain. It would also be way less interesting. We would not do a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, we would. Do... Oh, my God. I think this. Oh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, Oh, my God. Here's another thing I think. Oh, I agree with that, too. A lot of our podcast is us being like this thing. And the other person being like, yep, obviously. Cool. I think the, the most engaging stuff is like this episode where we're just like totally diametrically opposed. I don't know if this is in, like, I feel like this is like potentially engaging that for a lot of people in that really frustrating me i think there's going to be people on both sides of the fence i think there's going to be people who are when you sign up to our mailing list you just asked if you're an sj or a peter and i think most people are sjs no fucking shit really but i think that this podcast is really important to the people who are peters because it's such a rarely represented point of view uh i think that that's actually i i think that that's dependent on on wh what you're looking at and who you hang out with and all that kind of stuff your circles yeah yeah like i i i feel like having this conversation with you i'm like oh there's a part of the world which is just full of peters and i don't want to go there <laughs> which i don't mean in a bad it'd be so well run <laughs> uh, so i really do appreciate the sentiment but you don't need to apologize all i ask of you and everyone listening is that you realize that the way that you see the world is not the way other people see the world and instead of, instead of, I don't know, instead of getting frustrated, just realize I am trying my hardest. Like I genuinely am trying as hard as I can to be a good person and to enunciate and to understand. Do you want to hear this week's outro? Yeah. Okay. It's from Grace Goodfellow. Uh, Grace emailed us and emailed us his outro. And Grace also emailed us uh, her like YouTube page and stuff like that and her Instagram. Oh, wow. And the only fan mail I've gotten before this podcast is from people who read my smut 
And people who email me about Smut generally do it from an anonymous email account, like one they've created just to email people about Smut. So I've never had the opportunity to stalk people before. Oh, wow. Whereas I do that heaps. Yeah, I was going to say, when, when you first started getting like Facebook fans and comments and stuff like that, you'd be like, I'm going to check them all out. So every time anyone emails us, I just get totally obsessed with their stuff. <laughs> also, particularly particularly if someone says something mean, I'm like, who are you to say that? Let's have a look. You've got a kid. What's up with that? And so people um, who are emailing us, I am just like going through everything they've ever done in this fascinated kind of way. It's really cool. Wait on, wait on, wait on. You Google everyone who emails us? Oh, yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Huh. Uh, so if you want me to check out your stuff, send us <laughs> some fan mail and I probably will. Like, it's so interesting to me. Um, one person, I'll, I'll get you to put a link in the show notes. One person who emailed us, I think is, is dying. And they have a YouTube video about the fact that they're dying. And it's just this 10 minute, like one take vlog straight to the camera about their day and their life and their mum and their best friends and holy fuck i like it's just amazing and i genuinely think i will never forget that video like i've thought about it so much in the last two weeks or three weeks or however long ago it was i watched it i haven't seen this video yet it's the only video that they have on their channel and it has like seven views wow and possibly just because like they emailed us and they listened to the podcast but I've just, yeah, I've just been thinking about it so much lately and it's so interesting. So thank you very much. Uh, I, I can't remember their name, which shows what an awesome person I am. But uh, like just this incredible video, I was just like, wow, I, this is totally unlike anything in my life or anything in the life of people I know. And it's just really beautiful. Like I just really, I really liked it. And that feels weird to say because it was a video about someone being like, hey, look, here's the shit that's going on in my life. And I was just like, wow, this is... And then people like Grace sent us uh, emails and she has this amazing YouTube with like a hundred songs on there. And I listened to the vast majority of them. Like I just, <laughs> I, I just put it on and it, it, YouTube took me through them all while I was doing work. And so this week's outro is from Grace Goodfellow. Thanks for listening to Being Honest With My Ex. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends. Best. I feel like if we ever run out of outros, we can just play this one again. <laughs> that is actually our last outro. So if, you, uh, if you're if you thinking of doing an outro, send it in. Uh, actually, send it in four weeks ago because that's when we ran out of outros because we're recording this on the 30th of May <laughs> and it's not going up for quite a while. That was really good. I know. Like t- I had the worst day today. I told you about it before we started recording. I just had a fucking rotten today. Like the worst day I've had on the continent of America. Bureaucratic nightmare. And I was in a really foul mood and then I checked my email and then I found that outro and it just helped so much. Like, I was just in such a good mood all of a sudden. Uh, You can find Grace's uh, YouTube and Instagram in the show notes. Uh, She does some, like, she just does a bunch of really cool songs. I really enjoy her, what's the word for voice? Her, um... Her voice? Isn't there a word like timber or... Tambre. I really enjoy her timbre. So timbre is a musical term for like the t- the tone, the sound of a particular thing. But yeah, you could use it for voice. I, I really enjoy her voice. Uh, and she has a bunch of content <laughs> and you should definitely check it out. That's all from us in our longest podcast ever.
have fun editing this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I'm like, I really want to know. Like, I feel like this could go on forever, but I actually really want to know what other people would say in response to Peter's argument. And I'd like to one day just like put them all together and then present them to you. I'm the one who gets the emails, so. I feel like if we did this, the conversation would never end. I really love you, SJ, and I love that we can have these kind of conversations and still remain close. I love that we can have these conversations and I also hate doing them. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening and goodbye. Bye.